Odds from the Far Beyond. This is one of a series of podcasts by Paldon Jenkins, coming to you from a farm in West Penwith, Cornwall, in the far southwest of Britain. And Penwith means far beyond, and it is. People say that I'm lucky living where I live. I mean, right now I'm sitting just down the field from the farm in a lovely woodland which is quite unkempt actually. It hasn't been managed like so many woodlands in Britain. And it's lovely. I'm sitting by a stream. You can hear it. the wind rustling in the leaves so I am very lucky and I'm very grateful for that and also it's not a matter of luck it was a matter of choice I chose to live here and I made my life ready for it and when I came I went through the kind of experiences which allow you to stay here one of them for me has been quietness dealing with quietness and on the whole I think I've dealt with that quite well by now but there have been times when I've felt lonely or abandoned or things like that but then I realise no, I chose and a lot of people associate Cornwall with their holidays and their memories of Cornwall will often be of glorious days down here in summertime and they can be glorious they can be fresh warm, bright, colourful and magic. But then there are the other days. Winter here can be quite challenging. We get a lot of wind and rain. Sometimes we get heavy gales. Sometimes you can hear the waves roaring a couple of miles away. Sometimes it's a bit of an endurance. It's not exactly cold. This is one of the warmer parts of Britain. But it can be grisly and it can be challenging. It can be grey. And in fact we can get that in summertime too. Sometimes this part of Cornwall, this far end of Cornwall, it doesn't get the same weather as much of the rest of the country because we're sticking right out into the Atlantic and so we tend to get weather which is Atlantic weather, sea weather rather than land weather. And the rain falls on us so that by the time it gets further up country it's uh, already fallen. And so there can be times when you start getting ground down. And we had one just recently, actually. I mean, it is now July, the peak of summer. But we've had these grey, wet days for over a week, two weeks. And it kind of rubs at you slowly. It tests your perseverance. And so this isn't an easy place to live. And some people who move here thinking they're moving to heaven after a couple of winters they find out oops, uh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be here this is too difficult so it's strange really it's a great blessing living here, I love it I'm looking at buttercups right now and I'm looking at grass fronds that are just sticking up and waving in the breeze dappled with light coming through the trees it's wonderful but I chose it with all its ins and outs 
And this is one of the things about life, because life, it's always a matter of compensations. Life always has its compensations. No matter how much it can get difficult, there's always something which can make it good in some way. And this is quite a fundamental issue here. It really is a matter of how we see things. I've spent quite considerable times of my life looking at the downside of things, getting depressed about the state of the world, thinking of myself as a failure, or seeing the cynical, short-sighted, selfish, dishonest aspects of humanity, or feeling that I'm the same. Something's wrong, something's wrong. And yet, I think it was early life experiences of depression which solved this for me, really. In my teens and twenties, I'd, I'd go through occasional depressions. I wasn't aware of what the dynamics were at the time, but this was partially my own pain from my own life experiences or from ancestral sources. I mean, my parents had gone through World War II, born in the time of World War I. And then there are past life experiences and there are collective things and there are fears. There's imagery in the collective psyche, fears of things, guilt and shame. Now, we can grind on with these all of our lives, but I, I did reach a point. It was actually on my first Saturn return around the age of 29, 30, where I realized that with every depression that I'd had, I had come out of it positive. I'd found a lump of gold down there guarded in the dragon's lair and I'd got to a state of despair, a state of pointlessness, a state of emptiness, where in some respects I lost my fear because the worst was happening anyway and the worst could only happen so since that was the case you might as well do your best with it. So something turned around inside me and although I've had small bouts of this later in life. It's usually only lasted half a day or a day or something like that. And there's been some sort of soul-searching involved, some sort of questing for an answer that seems not to be available at the time. And in fact, if I look back on things, people think of me as a visionary. Well, that's all relative, really. But if I think back, a lot of the greatest visions I've had some of which have translated into action, have arisen during those low points. They've been squeezed out of my psyche, squeezed out of my memory, squeezed out of my potential. And they've been quite big motivators because something in me has felt, in a way, called to work with them and carry them out. So that even now, when there's an aircraft flying overhead and in a way, exercising the magic of this place. Nevertheless, it's possible to hold that magic and to stay with it when you develop it. It's a matter of choice. It's a matter of what you feed. It's a matter of what you believe. If the world is doomed, then in a manner of speaking, it will be doomed. If there's hope, then in a manner of speaking, there will be hope and it will manifest but it's a lot to do with our way of seeing things. And there's a funny kind of cognitive dissonance with this. There's a, an unresolved question in many people's psyches. 
which is that they do see the positive in things, but they allow themselves to be persuaded that things are bad. They listen to the news and see all the disasters going on. They hear all the cynicism in the news about humans being untrustworthy, dangerous threats, and they buy it, even though a lot of their actual experience points in other directions. I had a big surprise about this. For example, when I went to the States, I went with the prejudice that people in places like Texas would be, since they were right-wing, they wouldn't be nice people. They were the nicest people of all. One of the amazing things I've found also is I've been involved in a lot of wars, and the funny thing is that a lot of the people on whom war has fallen, particularly the protracted, difficult, long wars, can be the nicest of people. Lebanese, Irish, Basques, Vietnamese, Yemenis, the nicest of people. Hospitable, generous, sharing, caring. So there's something going on here about humans, something very deep, which is getting worked out in our time because we are in such a precarious time now. We have been in increasingly precarious times over the decades, but there's something that it seems to be going critical now and in the next few decades. And we've seen one variant of that during the COVID crisis, which concerns social togetherness, caring, humanness, looking after the people who are weaker, caring for our fellow humans, forgiving the past, getting on with people, choosing to like them, choosing to enjoy their differences. This is a choice. And in a funny sort of way, humanity is faced with this choice on a really total collective level, 8 billion people level. We are faced with a fundamental time of judgment. It will be a time of judgment, the day of judgment. But it's not exactly us being judged by an almighty God. It's us and the judgments we form. It is how we judge our world and our lives to be and how our future looks and what we feel we ought to do about it and this is really a crux point that we're coming into now in human history it's quite a fundamental one this and it's being precipitated it's been around for, for centuries it's been around all the time but it's getting precipitated now by the intensity of change that's going on of the global situation. The big choices that people faced in previous centuries were localised. They were to do with their own slice of the world. But now it's gone global, and the tribe is humanity. However we delude ourselves that that is not the case, and that my lot are more important than your lot, it still is true. Humanity is the majority of people on planet Earth. All the nations, all the identity groups, even when their big powers are still small parts of this world, part of an enormous tapestry, a colourful tapestry, called humanity. And this is what's special about humanity, is that our dif differences are actually one of our really strongest points. We are not the same. This is great. This is wonderful. I love this. And the fascinating thing is that there's a new social trend that's coming out here because we've had the fear over recent decades that globalization would make us all 
more the same? Well, this is only really true from the viewpoint of us as consumers. But it's not necessarily true from the viewpoint of us as people and humans. And we have a way, even though we're globalizing so much, and even though younger generations are so much more globalized than my generation, they feel that way, they travel so much more, they are tuned into people and things all over the world, instantaneously, distance no object. And yet, even though that's so, there are new subdivisions, new tribes, new collectivities, new identity groups emerging. A good example is the transsexual, that is, that is a kind of person that is in a way new to humanity. And we've got all these people of such mixed origins. I might be a white man, but I am uh, derived from all sorts of different sources within the context of the white pool of possibilities. And getting over our differences is one of the key issues of the coming time. And what's necessary for this is a choice deep in consciousness. It is a choice to recreate our world in a new way. In the growing knowledge that this thing we call the world isn't just out there. It's not just all the trees and the concrete and the products and the people. It is the way we see it as well. If we see horror and trauma in our world, that's what we see. If we see things that are moving forward and more wholesome, more human, more naturally attuned, then that's also what we see. And we have a choice. You've been listening to a podcast from the far beyond with Paldon Jenkins. If you want to know more about me, then go to my website at paldon.co.uk. And the music came from bensound.com, for which many thanks. Thanks for being with. There's more to come.